my soul, break through in my weakness, break through in my struggle. You are the God. You are the God of the breakthrough when I worship, breakthrough when I praise, breakthrough when I lift. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Breakthrough this morning. Amen. I hope everyone is having a breakthrough morning this morning. Amen. So glad to have everyone in the house of God this morning. So glad to see everyone here praising, worshiping the Lord. Beautiful song, Breakthrough. He's the God of the breakthrough. Amen. Amen. When there is nothing else around us, God will make a way for us to break through. Amen. We invite you. We thank you for tuning in with us this morning. Those that are watching us via the internet. Amen. Whatever way if you tuning in, either on ChristOnline.com or on YouTube or Facebook, we welcome you. So glad to have everyone tune in with us this morning. Come on, give the Lord a round of applause, everybody, this morning. Amen. Just let God know how much you, you love him, how much you adore him. Just cla keep clapping. That's all right. Let him know how much you adore him because he is worthy to be praised. Amen. Amen. We're going to invite you if you could stand with us this morning. We're just going to get right into a service. Pray and ask the Lord to have his way in the service and that he will bless our service this morning. Amen. Let's pray this morning. Father God, we love you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, one more time, O oh God, to be in your presence, O oh God, where we can worship you, Lord God, where we can glorify you, Lord God. Lord God, where we can call upon your name this morning, O oh God. We thank you, Lord God, for making it possible, Lord God, for us to be in your presence one more time to worship you. In the beauty of holiness, O oh God. You have sustained us. You have kept us, O oh God. You are the one that strengthened us, O oh God. You are the one that gave us eyes to see and ears to hear, O oh God. You are the one that strengthened us, O oh God. We thank you for your goodness, O oh God. We thank you for your mercies. We thank you for your love, O oh God. We thank you, Lord God, for all that you have done and what you're still doing, O oh God, in our midst and in the midst of your people, Lord God. You are the God of the breakthrough. You are the one that is and that is to come. You are the one that we worship and adore. You are the one that we call upon your name in the time of trouble, Lord God. Because they tell us you will never leave us nor forsake us, O oh God. And Father God, as we come before your presence this morning, we ask you, Lord God, that you will give us, O oh God, a breakthrough this morning in our service, O oh God. That's our praise singers, O oh God. That's our individual that's every person that involved in the service lord god and more so lord god we pray for a pastor that the anointing of god will be upon him from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet oh god this morning oh god let there be a spirit oh god of pursuing this morning like never before oh god and i pray lord god for those that are watching via internet lord god that you will touch them oh god that you will bless them oh god that you will strengthen them oh god that whatever our needs are this morning, oh God, you will continue to supply, oh God, all our needs. Oh God, we give you the glory, and oh God, we thank you in advance for what you're about to do and what you're doing in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, let's just give the Lord a round of applause this morning. Oh, he's worthy to be praised. Worship with the Lord this morning with us in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.
Coming after me, there's no shadow you won't light. There's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up. Running after me, there's no wall you won't kick down. Lie you won't tear down. Yeah, coming after me, there's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up. Coming after me, there's no wall you won't. No one you won't die, you won't tear down. Coming after me. One more time, there's no shadow. No shadow, you won't cry up. Mountain, you won't climb up. Coming after me. No one you won't die, you won't tear down. Coming after me. Oh, the overwhelming, never ending. like you, oh God. There is none like you, oh God. Something is happening this morning. Something is happening this morning. Let the Lord have his way. 
Give Him your heart. Surrender yourself to Jesus this morning. God wants to do something powerfully in you. God wants to do something miraculously in you. Give yourself to Him. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Let Him have His way this morning. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Have your way, great God. Have your way, great God. in this place. Jesus is in this place. Open your heart to Him. Surrender to Him. Those of you that are part of this service via live stream, open your heart to Him this morning. Surrender to Him. His presence is moving. His power is present. Let Jesus do what He wants to do. Hallelujah. He's here to destroy the yoke of bondage. He's here to set the captives free. He's here to take you to places you have not been. He's here to raise you up and to do what He wants to do. Oh, Jesus, we worship you and we adore you. Somebody give yourself to Him. Give yourself to Him. Lift your hands and just begin to say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I honor you. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Let Him have His way. Let him have his way. Let him have his way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we bless your name. We bless the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. There's healing present. If you want to be healed, just lift your hands wherever you are. If you need healing, lift your hands and say, Lord, will you touch my body and heal my body? Lord, will you touch my mind and my mind will be sound? Lord, will you allow me, oh God, to be strengthened by your spirit? The Lord is in this house. He's in this place. Let him have his way this morning. Oh, 
Oh, thank you, Jesus. 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 Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Jesus is in the house. My Redeemer lives. The Holy Ghost is moving in this house. Let him have his way. Let him have his way. Let him fill you up. Let him strengthen you. Let him renew you. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let him renew you. Let him strengthen you. Let him empower you. Jesus is in this place. Oh, God. Oh, God, we love you. Oh, God, we honor you. Oh, God, we bless your name. (laughs) Mm. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are worthy. 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 Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Somebody say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. From the bottom of my heart to the depths of my soul, I say, yes, Lord. I say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes to your will. Yes to your way. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, have your way, sweet Jesus. Have your way, sweet Jesus. Have your way, sweet Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, it's all right. Let Jesus have his way. We need him. We can't do without him. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Come on, let's clap our hands unto the Lord this morning and thank him. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. My Lord, what a presence of the Lord in this house. Hey, I like what I feel, and I feel what I like. This was a spillover from this morning. God was doing something this morning, and since we just continued in His Spirit, it just continued flowing. We're in the flow of the Holy Ghost. We're in the flow of the Holy Ghost. Church, hear me, we're in the flow of the Holy Ghost. Oh, my God, we thank you this morning. We thank you for allowing us to be in the flow of your presence. What a God we serve. What a God we serve. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being with us this morning, Jesus. And we welcome all of you to Christ-centered church. What a mighty move of God we are having. We had a move of God this morning in our 9 a.m. service, and here we are again. God is doing something. Amen. Thank you, 
praise team for just allowing God to just move in you and upon you and for God's will to be done. Amen. Hallelujah. We're so glad all of you can join us. I hope those of you that are that have joined us via live stream that you are yourself experiencing the presence of the Lord where you are because we're one family, we're one church and as God moves here where we are, he is moving where you are if you would just let him because he's moving upon us as a body. And we thank God for what he's doing. Amen. Somebody say it's offering time. Amen. And that's just a way of just continuing to worship the Lord. Our offering is another way we worship our God is we enjoy giving to uh, support the building up, building up of the kingdom of God, the expansion of the kingdom. And God has been good to us, has given to us, and we have this great opportunity and privilege to give back to him. So get your offering in your hand, and let's get ready to give. As you're preparing to give, let me mention a couple things to you really quick. Um, we have a youth meeting this Monday, tomorrow at 6 p.m. Um, it's a Zoom meeting for our young people. It will be from ages 13 through 36. So that's young people, 13 through 36. And so we have a Zoom meeting. We are going to send you the link. If you have not received the link yet, we will send you the link for the Zoom meeting tomorrow evening at 6 p.m. We want our young people to join in, and we will talk to you about some upcoming things that we have in store. And um, I hope you will tune in and be a part. Amen. Also, um, we're going to also pray as we pray for our offering. Um, Sister Rosie, she's family. Her and Brother Teddy are family, and they're in Tennessee. And Rosie um, has experienced some sickness, and we want to pray for her that God will touch her body. Amen. Um, apparently, Rosie wasn't telling a whole lot of people that she wasn't feeling well, and her mom texted me the other day. Can you please pray for my daughter? She's not telling anybody. I said, don't worry, Eileen. She told me. She told my wife. We know. We're praying. She's like, oh, okay. Because Rose just wasn't saying anything. I said, don't worry. She, she, she's covered. She's going to be all right. So continue to keep Rosie in your prayer. We love Rosie and Teddy. And so keep them in your prayer that God will um, touch her body and heal her. And um, also, we want you to pray for Trisha Walker, who um, yesterday buried her son. And we want you to pray her strength. As we mentioned this morning, uh, no one wants to bury their child. They expect that when they have children, that their children will bury them. And so no one wants to, ex uh, wants to bury their child. So pray for Trisha Walker. She needs prayer. And pray for um, Rohan Barrett and his wife. They're having a baby this morning. We want um, health and strength for that baby. Amen. And continue to pray for those we've mentioned. But if you get your offering in your hand, we're going to pray. We're going to give offering and we'll allow God to speak to our heart this morning through his word. You're ready to give offering in your hand. Don't forget, you have multiple ways of giving. You can go on our website, ChristCenteredOnline.com, and you can click on the um, link to give. You can go to PayPal, Christ Center Church on PayPal, and you can give that way. Also, you can go Cash App, um, the dollar sign CCC2711. And so you can give that way. Or you can always reach out to Sister Patrice 
and she can swipe for you if you'd like, and you can give that way, or you can mail in the payment, 22 Concord Avenue, Hamilton, New Jersey, 08619 Christ Center Church. So you can give in multiple ways. We're still pursuing our building, and we'll see what happens as you continue to hear me say, the Lord don't want us to be in any financial constraints. He doesn't want us to be stuck in a situation, and COVID have taught us something, and that is don't step out there where, you know, um, you put any kind of extra um, strain on your finances because you don't know what tomorrow may bring. And so um, I hope we will uh, be good steward. We plan to be good steward with the Lord's um, money and not allow this congregation to be in, in, in any final financial constraints. We will just wait for the Lord to open a door where we can walk through and um, possess whatever it is that he has in store for us, and we will not have financial constraints. So we're given, knowing that we're expecting for God to open a door for us for a building, so that way we don't have to have two services. <laughs> i got to be honest about that. We don't want two services, but we're forced to have two services. But if we get a bigger building, we can have one service, and we can then do um, social distancing um, in the one service because it will be enough space. So, man, that's, you know, and then the other thing, too, is every week, as you know, we have to set up and break down and, you know, move equipment. And um, your equipment, um, they can get really messed up really quick when you have to move them every week, plug them in, unplug them, all the And so those are things that's just things that you want to not have to do. And so another reason why we want to get our own space big enough for everything to be done. And trust me, we're going to. Um, um, keep uh, our wherever we go, wherever the Lord puts us, it will be in this vicinity. It's not going to be anywhere crazy. You won't be traveling far. For some of you, it might be a little closer. For some of you, it might be about the same travel. But we know the Lord will keep us in this area. This is where he wants us to be, um, to have a great impact. As I mentioned Thursday, I had the great privilege of... Um, having a Zoom meeting with our mayor, our newly elected mayor, um, and um, he's, uh, he could be my son. That's how young he is. <laughs> he could be my son, serious business. Um, but he's a sharp guy, really smart, and um, I had a wonderful conversation with him. Just let him know where this church stands, that we want to support our community, we want to support our community leaders, and so we made sure we let him know that we're here for him and our township. We're praying for them, and we'll get involved in every way that we can. I told them we're already involved with um, being chaplain of this fire station, and we um, want to extend our service to all the other fire stations, and also to our uh, police department. We extend our service that we can be there for them, pray for them, and you know, give them guidance and things like that. So we're blessed, and um, God has opened up doors for us to continue to do His will. So Stay sharp and continue to seek after the Lord. Amen. Offering time. Get your offering in your hand. Father, we thank you for this privilege to give. Lord, we give cheerfully this morning. We want to see thy kingdom come and thy will be done. Lord, there are many people that need to hear this gospel. And we know that when we give, we're given for the efforts of this gospel to be preached in all the world before the end come. Lord Jesus, I pray that you'll truly multiply and give back to every giver this morning. And Lord God, we know that this giving of finances will be go for thy intended purpose. In Jesus' name we pray. Let everyone say amen. 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 Find a basket and give.
and we thank you.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's praise him this morning. Come on, stand with me and let's thank the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, let's tell the Lord how we thank him. We appreciate him. Come on, wherever you are this morning, let's clap our hands and tell the Lord how much we appreciate him. How much we adore him. How much we love him. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We need to have an attitude of gratitude. We should take every opportunity to just have an attitude of gratitude, especially towards our Redeemer. He lives. He's been good to us. And we need to always have an attitude of gratitude. I don't need anybody to tell me to praise Jesus. I don't need anybody to encourage me about him because I have an attitude. I just know he's been so good. So good. Amen. Today at 3 o'clock, our district, a matter of fact, all the districts across the United Pentecostal Church and the National, uh, we're all going before our state capital, and we are praying for continual religious liberty as we know that we're living in uh, different times, uncharted territories, and different things are transpiring, and we want to always have religious liberty, and so we're going to pray for God to continue to grant us religious liberty and for the church to really be used mightily in this hour. So 3 o'clock, we'll be at the Capitol building at 125 West State Street, I believe it is. If you could meet us, we will really, really appreciate that, and so we welcome you to be a part. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. Amen. Hallelujah. So good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. We welcome our family, church family, that are joining us um, virtually. We welcome them. Um, we have um, Ingrid in Guyana. Ingrid, hope you're on this morning. Winsome in Montego Bay, Jamaica. We hope you are joining us. Uh, Joe and Barbara down in Port St. Lucie, also Dee Dee in Port St. Lucie. Um, we welcome you. Um, we welcome our family in New York. Amen. They're always just so gracious. We had a good time the other day on um, our family. Some of you missed out on our family meeting um, this past Tuesday. We had a Zoom meeting where all the church family that could make it, we got on and we just said hello to everyone. And uh, Miss Deborah Brantley, she just was having a good old time. She could get to talk to everybody, and she was just talking to everybody. And so it was a great experience, and we hope we can do it at least once a month where we can get on a Zoom call and everybody can connect and um, I know the time sometimes can be a challenge for everyone. We all have different things going, but always try your best to um, gather with the family of God. Uh, you got to remember that if you plan to go to heaven, we're going to be spending eternity together. And so if we can't get along down here, we're going to have a hard time going up there because down here is temporary. 
You know, if we live to get to 90 down here, that's 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 a whole lot of extra blessings there. And 90 is nothing compared comparing to eternity. So we need to love each other so good down here that it's just obviously we're going to be together for eternity. And so we can't get along with each other down here and love each other down here. Boy, we have to question ourselves to say, will I ever get up there? Yeah, because we're going to spend eternity together. So we got to love one another. We got to like one another. We got to get along with one another. We got to make sure we enjoy one another because we're going to spend eternity together. Amen. Amen. First Samuel chapter 30. We'll read verse number one through eight. Again, it's a great presence that I feel in this place. Amen. What a presence flowed over from 9 a.m. We, we, we were heading for a real move of God in 9 a.m. service. I can tell something was happening and the Lord just made sure he just came in um, and, 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 and move on us, continued what he started in the 9 a.m. that we were able to experience that um, at the outset of this 1030 a.m. service. Amen. Uh, Samuel, first Samuel chapter 30, verse number one says, and it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and, and, and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David, two wives were taken captives, Ahinoham, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abiathar the priest, um, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? And I and shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. Jesus, we thank you for your word. Your presence is in this house. Will you move on us one more time? That change will come into our heart. For, Lord, change has to start from the inside. And, Lord, we're inviting you to move on the inside of each and every one of us that are a part of this service today, whether they're here in the presence in this building or they're a part via live stream. I pray that you will begin a mighty work on the inside where we will not be the same at the end of this service. We thank you, Lord, and we praise you. Direct us in a special way today. Let there be miracles, signs, and wonders that will take place in our lives. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Let everyone say amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you on this topic this morning. We will possess what we pursue. We will possess what we pursue. Amen. Hallelujah. It's quite obvious that when David came back, him and his men came back to their city and they saw that it was burnt and they saw that their uh, wives and their children were taken captive it, it makes sense that they would be so grieved and so distressed that they're, 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 the feeling from within would be we need to go and go and get our children and our wives back. We need to go and rescue them. We need to go and get these men that came to destroy our lives. And so it's, it's quite understandable that he would pursue. But David prayed and asked the Lord, shall he pursue? But it's understandable that he would want to pursue. There are things in this life that it's understandable that we must pursue. We have, we should pursue a, a, a great education, right? We should, we should pursue making sure we can take care of our families. We should pursue things that are uh, uh, about life, you know, important things, because uh, we got to realize that the things that we do that that will last forever or that will last for a lifetime are the important things. And those are things that we need to pursue. We have to be careful sometimes and look at our life to see what we're pursuing. If it's a, if it's worth pursuing, is it going to be important five years from now? Is it going to be important 10 years from now? Whatever we're pursuing in this life, what would it mean a little bit from now? We have to ask ourselves that. Can I tell you this? Where there is faith, there is sure to be trials. If you are in this house this morning, you are joining, joining us via live feed. I'm here to tell you, if you have faith, there will always be trials. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. How would you know you have faith if there were never any trial anyway? David, though he trusted God heartily, he needed all the faith he possessed to keep from remaining distressed and so he could pursue his enemies. We must possess faith to pursue the will and purpose of God. Ah, I know we want to say that we are pursuing the will and purpose of God. I know it sounds right. I know it's right to say, but we must be honest with ourselves and say, am I really pursuing the will and purpose of God? But we need faith to pursue the will and purpose of God. If you have faith, it will be tried. If you fail when you are tried, I want you to know assuredly that you will continue to be tried until you're victorious because God allows trials to come into your life to build your faith, to strengthen your faith, to take you to the next dimension, the next level in Him. So when you have trials that come your way, if you're a faith 
individual. If you're one who possess faith, you ought to count it joy and say, God, you must think highly of me to allow this difficult circumstance, to allow this difficult situation to come in my life. You didn't prevent it, Lord. You didn't step in front of it, Lord, but you allow it to come my way. It must mean you have confidence in me. It must mean you think highly of me to let this thing come my way. And so, Lord, I pray that you will strengthen me, that I will not fail this trial, that I will overcome this trial, that I will be victorious in this situation. God is not upset with you and allowing bad things to come your way. God doesn't think that, oh, you messed up, so let him mess your life up and allow things to come to mess you up. That's not why it's coming. It's coming because God is saying, I want to build your faith. I want to build your faith. And the more the situation become difficult, the trials become difficult, when they come after you, if you're victorious, you will have strong faith. And so if you have faith, there will be trials. It's just a part of the deal. There is no discharge from this war between faith and trials. If you are a child of God, if you're pursuing the will and purpose of the Lord Jesus Christ, there will always be trial. You will always be challenged. Trials will come. We must face them. These are the days of battles, and we must fight if we plan to reign. We can't just sit back and just let things happen in our life. If we plan to reign, we have to fight because we're living in the times of battle. Somebody say battle. Mm-hmm. 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 We usually decide what we will pursue in this life. Now, you got to think about that. Because we, we, we tell it on ourselves by admitting to that. <laughs> because we usually decide, key word, decide, what we will pursue in this life. My question to you this morning is, what are you pursuing? What have you decided that's important enough in your life to pursue? And I'm here to tell you that I encourage you to pursue having a great family. I'm here to tell you pursue an education. I'm here to tell you to pursue the things that matters and will make your life better. But I'm here to tell you above all of that, uh, we need to pursue the will and the purpose of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, It is more valuable than anything else we can ever pursue after. I know we need to pursue some things in this life uh, in order to be sustained. uh, But there is nothing more valuable. Nothing should come before pursuing the will and the purpose of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. There was a time when many people pursued the kingdom of God because they knew it was worth pursuing. There's still many people pursuing the kingdom of God today. And you may look around and you might not see a lot of people pursuing the will of God. You might look around and say, eh. and you know, I got to tell you that I think that we make a lot of decisions. Church, we're Christians. Church, we follow the word and the teachings of Jesus Christ. And we have to get out of the habit of, of, of doing what everyone else is doing. 
We have to get out of the habit of doing what everyone else is doing. We have to realize that our instructions come from the Lord. And so we must understand what we do is to please Him. And because we might look around and everybody is casual in the way they are claiming they're pursuing God or claiming to be Christians because it seems like everybody is casual it does not mean it's okay for you to be casual it does not mean it's okay for you to be laid back because God when we look in the scriptures there were people that pursued God in a way that seemed even violent they were pursuing God because they wanted to possess the things of God and I'm here to tell you this morning you can't sit back and pursue God. You can't just be casual and pursue God. There must be intention. You must be intentional if you plan to pursue God. Mm -hmm. People are pursuing God throughout this nation and around this world. People are pursuing God because you look around in your space. Because the people you know are not pursuing God, it doesn't mean people aren't pursuing God. Matthew chapter 11 verse number 12 says, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. I know sometimes you read that and wonder what does that mean. Well, hear me. When John the Baptist preached in the wilderness of Judea, there was a throng of people who pressed intensely around him and even became extremely violent to get near enough to hear his voice voice. Church, look at us today. Look around this world. People are preaching the gospel and we're just casually sitting around. We don't even realize the privilege that we have to be in the presence of where the gospel is being preached, of where Jesus Christ is being exalted. We're there and we're just casual. And back then we're reading and it says those people, they weren't casual. As a matter of fact, they became a little violent just to get to the front so they can see and be in the presence where the word of God is being preached. I'm here to tell you, where are we? When will we press towards the front to say, I want to be so close that if the spit of the preacher get on me, I'm okay because I want to be that close because I believe what I'm hearing is the word to eternal life. I believe what I'm hearing is a life-changing message. I believe what I'm hearing will do something to me that will make me better That will bring me closer to Jesus. That will pave my way to heaven. And I'm going to get into the front. I can't just sit back and be casual. i got to press my way through. Excuse me if I nudge you a little bit. I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just trying to get into the presence of where the word is being preached. I don't mean to be disrespectful. I just want to get to the front. We got to get out of the way we think that if someone, I've seen it, I've seen it, so I know what I'm talking about. Someone that's desperate, that's pursuing something, that's pursuing the Lord. They, 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 they try to come to the front and they move and because they're so focused and they walk by and nudge you and you look back like, she couldn't say excuse me. Yep, that's what we said. She couldn't say excuse me. He couldn't say excuse me? My God. And we think something is wrong with them and they need to pray through. 
but I'm reading my Bible. And it says when John the Baptist was preaching, people was pushing people to the side. People was moving people out of the way. Because what they were saying is, I want to get close enough. I, I want to be in the presence because uh, something is going on and I want to be there. I don't want to miss out because what I'm hearing uh, is, etern- is, is eternal and I need to get it. And so excuse me if you just want to be casual. Excuse me if you just want to sit back. But I'm going to just push my way through and I'm apologizing up front. If, I, if you feel like it's disrespect, it's not disrespect. I'm only trying to get into the presence where the word is being preached. Where I think it can impact me. We will possess what we pursue. Uh-huh. These people... We're not like us today. We common church and chapel goers. Yep. We just go. Uh-huh. We are content to hear if we hear. But just as well content if we don't hear. Oh, yeah. We want it to be so easy for us to hear the word of God. So, okay, it's good that we hear it. But if we don't hear it, it's all good as well. But back in John the Baptist days, back when Jesus walked the earth, that's not how they roll. Was there something wrong with them or is there something wrong with us? Huh? What, 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 was, what was up with them? Why it was so important that they heard the word preached in person? I appreciate that we can hear it via live stream. I appreciate that we can consume the word watching it. But these people, I'm convinced, if they had live stream, if they had radios and all that stuff back then, I'm convinced they would not care about that because they felt like being in person was something special about being in person as opposed to being listening over the airways. They felt like I needed to be in the presence. I want to hear this for myself. I want to be so close that something will drop off on me. As a matter of fact, if you go overseas, my God, help us this morning. If you go overseas, the people, when they come to a conference and preachers start preaching, you know... This Bible is so good. They, 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 they begin. You haven't seen it, but you go to the Philippines. Uh, you go to some place over in, in Asia or Africa and you see when the preachers start preaching, if the preacher, as a matter of fact, I've heard stories that if the preachers aren't careful, the people will pull them down from preaching, not in a disrespectful way, but wanting the preacher to touch them. They grab it after the preacher hand, preacher touch me. They grab it after the preacher said, if he just touched me, I know something will change in my life. Uh, so many many people got healed. So many people got delivered overseas because uh, they made up in their mind there's something uh, that that man or that woman that's preaching the gospel has. Uh, it ain't them. It's something in them uh, that if I get close enough to them, uh, they will just cause the power of God to heal me, to touch me, to make me whole. They believe that in a foreign country. Let me get close enough. But we still casual. And we just chilling. Mm-hmm. Those people understood the importance of the gospel. They understood the importance of the kingdom of God and receiving salvation. We may not see those people around here, but they do exist. 
I am not going to let my environment determine how I behave. I will determine how the environment responds to me. But I'm not going to let the environment determine how I'm supposed to behave. Church, you have a power in you. And if you don't have the power in you, get the power in you. Or listen to the word of God. Obey the word of God. You are the one that controls the climate, the temperature of where you are. Don't let the temperature control you. Wherever we go, we're supposed to control the temperature. We're supposed to dictate what happens in that environment. Don't let that environment tell you how to behave. We have allowed the environment to dictate how we should behave. That's not the will of God. The all-powerful God did not design you to be dictated to only by him. You're supposed to dictate what's going on in the environment. Somebody say amen. Uh Uh-huh. They pursued the kingdom of God because they believed it was worth pursuing. Whatever you believe is worth pursuing, be honest, you pursue it. It doesn't matter if it's valuable to the next man. doesn't matter if the next person thinks they should pursue or not. But whatever you think you should pursue, you pursue it. The woman with the issue of blood pursued Jesus because she knew he could heal her and she was desperate to be healed. In Mark chapter 5, verse 25 through 28, the word of the Lord says, And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I should be healed. You see what I mean about getting close? You see what I mean about getting close? We keep thinking God's vessels, his, 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 his preachers that he uses. Just a man like me. Remember I told you about that. We are just regular human beings, but if God chooses to use us, you best believe you're going to be blessed. That's just how he works. And so this woman says, I just want to touch his clothes. Comes back to that thing. Whatever you got to do to get close enough, you start doing it. But we are content with being far away and just hearing a good word. The people of the olden days, they didn't think like that. They wanted to get close enough to be in the presence. They wanted to be able to touch. She became desperate because her state was desperate. So she pursued Jesus almost violently. How in the world she would have got to Jesus if, 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 if she had to, uh, uh, touch his clothes and it was a, uh, a work that she had to do to get close enough to him. It means there was a crowd that she had to move through to reach, to stretch forth, to touch his clothes. There was a, there was a crowd. And so she had to push some people to the side. And believe me, people will begin to start parting the Red Sea when they know you kind of uncouth. Get out of his way. He crazy. Get out of her way. She crazy. And you want me to tell you something? No, you crazy. 
You that's standing around is crazy. The one that's trying to push you out the way to get close enough, that's not the crazy one. But we have this image of how we think of things and life and people. And we think, oh, they're crazy. Get out of their way. Oh, no, they're not crazy. It's the one that's casually just chilling, just sitting back and comfortable just hearing. Those are the crazy people that have access to this word, to the presence of the Lord, and to the preaching of the word. And you're casual. You're crazy, not the ones that's pushing people down to get in the presence. You know, we like to tell our children, we like to tell our children that's privilege. What we like to tell our children, I got to take you to another country. For instance, somebody like me that's from Jamaica. We are always tell the, the last two. We need to take you to Jamaica. And we can't even, we, we lying too because we would have to find some people that ain't even our family to take them to. Because our families down there ain't doing bad. We got to be honest. So, 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 so we're going to have to find places where we know. Got to take them to Tivoli or Trenchtown or something like that. Take them somewhere down in the ghetto and say, now go pay attention to this. Because we want them to understand that they have it good. So we want to show them what it looks like when it's not good. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, I got to tell you, the way the kingdom of God work, we don't have it good in America. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Because we just casually sitting back and just wanting everything to come to us. We ain't pursuing nothing. Only thing we're pursuing is the lifestyle of the American way. That's what we're pursuing in America. We're pursuing the lifestyle of the American way. We're not pursuing Jesus Christ, this gospel, we're pursuing the lifestyle of the West. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. That's what we're pursuing. The lifestyle of the West. The rich and famous. Uh-huh. We will pursue Jesus when we truly believe he can heal us and forgive us of our sins. Uh-huh. A lot of times because you sat back and just say God knows. And when God don't work on your behalf, you start in your mind, start saying how God is not this and God is not that. And, and you start saying, well, maybe God have a problem with me or you start making up stuff because he didn't do it. Read your Bible. Jesus, the son of David, have mercy on me. Shut up. Be quiet. Be quiet. Leave the Messiah alone. Jesus. And they just go a little louder and finally the Messiah stop and say, what you need? I would like to have my sight. And what we're missing is we want God to work on our behalf without us having faith. And that's not how he works. He works by us having faith. And faith means you do something. Faith don't mean I just have it. If you just have faith and do nothing, that's called intellectual faith. And intellectual faith don't do you any good. You know what kind of faith do you good? Faith that causes you to move. Faith that causes you to speak. Faith that causes you to get involved. Faith that causes you to just begin to pursue. That's real faith. But if you just got faith in your mind because you got the knowledge, that's called intellectual faith. Do you know good? Do you know good? You heard me quoted David Bernard the other day by saying, if Noah just had faith intellectually, he would have drowned with everybody else. Yeah, if he was just like the rest of everybody back then, just 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 have the knowledge. Mm-hmm. And just 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 kept it there and did nothing. He would have drowned like everybody else. But when 
The Lord spoke to him. He had faith. He knew who the Lord was. Guess what he did? He responded in action and went and started building the ark. Guess what? He was saved. So saving faith means action faith. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Delivering faith means it got to be some action in there. Uh-huh. Restoration faith means it got to be some action. And we want God to work on our part without us doing anything. And hear me today, God wants you to know that how can you want him to do something for you when you won't even do anything for yourself? You want God to do this and God to do that because he's all-knowing and all-powerful. And God is saying, this thing worked by us working together. This thing don't work just me being a, your genie in the bottle and giving you, granting you all your wishes and you sit back and do nothing. That's how we want. That's how we want it. And so we sit back and do nothing. And God is saying, how does that work? And so you leave disappointed. You leave without anything when you come to the church service because you just want God to do what he do and you don't have to do anything. God doesn't work like that. God work on faith. God work on faith. Faith is the currency that God responds to. You can go to God with money. You can go to God with gold and silver. You can go to God with all that stuff. And God don't have to do anything. But when you go to God with faith, the faith that will cause you to move, God will begin to move on your part. You think... This morning, what we experience here, we experience it if we just let every nation, uh, my Redeemer, live. No raising up, no hands, no letting out, no voice. We just standing there. Oh, no mountains you won't climb up, doors you won't tear up, coming after me. We just stood there. No worship. No. What do you think would have happened? Nothing. Nothing. Because everything that God does, it must have faith working. If you know your Bible, the Bible says, if it's not a faith, it's sin. The Bible also says, without faith, it's impossible. But you want to sit back and say, he's all-knowing, he should know what I need, why don't he do this? And God is saying, I've shown you my word, I've given you my preacher, it doesn't work that way. you got to have faith and let your faith cause you to respond, to do something, and I will do what I promised I said I would do. Desperate times calls for desperate measures. I don't think we're desperate in these days. Uh-huh. Luke chapter 5, verse number 17. Can I tell you this? Be careful that when you become desperate, it's too late. I'm sure when God closed the, the, the door of that ark, huh, when he shut the door, because he didn't let Noah shut it, he shut it himself. I'm sure when he shut that ark door and people started to feel the raindrop, they got desperate. I'm sure when they felt that first drop and the ark door was shut, I'm sure they got desperate. I'm sure they started running to the ark. I'm sure they started crying and wailing. I'm sure they started feeling like, oh my God, I'm sure they got desperate, but it was too late. The door was shut. It was locked. And the rain was coming. And there was nothing they could do about it. Don't get desperate when it's too late. 
Get desperate before it's too late. Get desperate, church, before it's too late. Don't wait because there's going to come a time when it's going to be clear what's going on and it might be too late once you realize what's really going on. And when you try to change up and you try to respond and you try to do things, it's going to be too late. And it came to pass on a certain day as she, as he was teaching, Jesus was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought in a bed, a man which was taken with palsy and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find what way they might bring him in because of the multitude. Dude sick, dude on his bed. And they brought him to the meeting where Jesus was. Church service, if you will. And they brought him to the meeting where Jesus was because they wanted their buddy to be healed. And when they came, there was a big crowd. And they said, oh, Lord, we're not waiting for the end of the day. We can't get him through this crowd. You know, we can't even push some people down. It's so thick up in there. I, I can't even move people out of the way. So when John the Baptist preached, he was able to move some people out of the way sometimes. But this situation, Jesus is preaching, and they're like, oh, Lord, we, we'll never get to him. But they had faith. Uh-huh. They had saving faith. They had healing faith. They had delivering faith. And so something say, I tell you what, let's go up on the roof. And so they climbed up on the roof. And when they climbed up on the roof, they started moving the tiles of the roof. And, and they wanted to get inside the building. And so they're moving up tiles where they can lower down their boy. And they lowered their boy right in front of Jesus. Oops. Put him right there. He got into the presence. The presence. It wasn't good enough for them to stay in the back and shout. Jesus! 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 They didn't do that. They said, no, we need to be in the presence. Do we want to be in the presence? Can we just take it or leave it if we're in the presence? Because if you can take it or leave it to be in his presence, it might just mean that you feel like, guess what? I'll take it or leave it. No big deal. Nothing desperate for you. You don't think you need his presence. But back in those days, they know, they knew the presence of God. They knew uh, to get into his presence where the word was being preached. Uh, there was something about being right in the presence where the word was being preached. The presence of God was there and they knew uh, anything would be possible. So they press. They're going to figure out a way. And these men, they lowered him down through the tiling with his bed into the midst of before Jesus. Verse 20, and when Jesus saw their faith, when Jesus saw their faith, we got to ask ourselves, just got to be honest, just casually ask yourself, do I have faith? And if I do, is it intellectual faith? Or is it saving faith? Because I don't remember me ever doing anything that desperate. 
you're saying. Because Jesus responded by saying, I could just picture Jesus. She's like, no, they didn't. Did they really do that? He must have been so tickled by them. They really did that, didn't they? And Jesus turned and said, you know what? Man, thy sins. He says, when he saw their faith, he said unto him, man, thy sins are forgiven thee. I just got a thought. I wonder if it was the man on the bed that told him to do that, or did they come up with that? Because I'm reading, and it says, he said to the man. It's like Jesus spoke to the man, not the people that let him down. I wonder if it was the man that had that faith. Uh-huh, because he was the one that was on the bed with the palsy and couldn't walk. And when his buddies told him, they couldn't get in. He says, well, you got to figure out a way because I'm not going to keep laying on this bed. I'm not going to remain in this kind of situation, this, this, this position here. I can't stay like this. I need a change. Oh, oh, church. When will somebody say I can't continue like this? I need a change. I need something to move in my life that I will no longer function bound or have to continue to live with this sickness or continue to live a life that I'm not sure if I'm saved or I'm not. I need to make sure I'm saved. I need to make sure I'm living holy. I need to make sure I am healed. I need to make sure I'm pleasing Jesus. I got to make sure of it. I can't just go about my business and not sure. I gotta be sure. And how we're gonna be sure is we're gonna pursue Jesus until He says, Your faith. The Lord is trying to get us to understand. If you wanna be sure, let your faith drive you to pursue God. And His response will assure you that you're okay. As your faith move you to pursue him in whatever way, if you pursue the kingdom, if you pursue healing, whatever you're pursuing after him, he says, my response to you will let you know that I'm okay with what's going on. Uh-huh. Folks, we are in desperate times right now. Don't delay your desperate measures. We have to use desperate measures. We can't just sit by and watch. Our faith will make us do, do what seems to be most ridiculous things. But guess what? It's our way of saying, Lord, I want to pursue you. And when we pursue God with faith, then we will get a response from him. We should know why we are attending church. If you read the Bible, one thing you've learned about those people back then Whatever they were doing, they had a purpose. They had a reason for why they were doing it. 
And my question to you this morning is why did you attend service today? Whether you attend virtually or you attended in person today. My question is why did you attend? Because a lot of things we do in life, we know why. But it seems like when it comes down to God, we never know why. Because we're leaving everything up to Him. And He's not going to think for you. You need to think. You need to pursue. So the question is why did we come into the presence of the Lord today? Why did we come to hear the preaching of the word today? Why? Somebody ask yourself, why did you come? Uh-huh. Why did you come? If you attend service with a purpose or for a purpose, you should make sure that purpose is fulfilled before you leave. The reason why we come to church and leave and probably not come back the next week is because we leave disappointed. But why did you leave disappointed? Because you never came with any intention or purpose. If you come with nothing, you will leave with nothing. And so we come to service with nothing. We don't come with no intention. We don't come with any purpose. We come because in our mind it's the right thing to do. We come because it's right and every once in a while I feel a little bit better or within my mind I feel better because why? I feel like I did what was right. I went to church. But we never came with a purpose. We never came with an intention. We came because we just know it's good to go to church. And I might leave feeling better today. And that's the only reason why we came. And so we don't leave with any miraculous healing. We don't leave with the miraculous because we never came seeking, pursuing the miraculous. We never came for it. We came to be in the presence of people, not Jesus. We came to see who was here, not because we had a purpose. We tune in because we want to see how many people tune in with us. We make comments on, on what we're seeing because we want other people to make comments. But are we tuning in because we're pursuing Jesus? Are we tuning in because we have a purpose and we want that purpose to be fulfilled? Are we pursuing him because we have a purpose? Or we're just chaffed in the wind. And then when we get disappointed... It's easy not to come back next week. It's easy not to tune in next week. Why? Because you never received anything. But why didn't you receive anything? The Lord don't... He is waiting for you to approach Him with faith because that's, the, 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 that's what He uses in response to you. It's the, it's, faith is what's used for the transaction. So my faith causes me to approach him in a way with purpose, with intent, and he responds to me. But when I come with nothing in mind, I'm just here. We should be in church. That's what we say. We should be um, in church. We need to go in church. And we never know why we're there. We never went with purpose. I told him this morning, I remember when people would attend church service and could not wait for the altar call. I mean, the preaching going on, and you see somebody leg jumping. They, they, they couldn't. Yesterday, I had a dedication. Lady sitting over here. I knew it. I said, look at Jesus. She came for the dedication, and everywhere I turned, she was locked in. I said, okay, somebody need Jesus here today. And every time I move and everything I said, I was just casually talking because I'm doing a baby dedication, but she was locked in. 
after the baby dedication, uh, the mom of the, of the child came up to me and says, um, my son's godmom want to talk to you. I said, really? Okay. Send her over. What's going on? Because I didn't know who it was. The same lady that was locked in. That's who the son godmom was, and she wanted to talk. Church, it's simple. When you need Jesus, you're not content. You're not comfortable. You, you're kind of shaky. You, your hand's moving. Something going on because you're saying, I need, I need that to happen. And she was sitting over there. She don't know Jesus. All she know, I need a, a, a situation to change in my life. And so this man is telling me about Jesus, how great he is. I need to hear more. And she just, her, her head was on a swivel. Wherever I walk, because I can't stay still. So wherever I moved to, she was moving. I said, oh, man. Because back in the day when we went to church, we went with a purpose. When we went to church back in the day, we, we, we say, I want to get to the altar. And guess what? I don't know about you. Ooh, I told I told the story before, but some of you never heard it. I remember I used to go to conferences, Brother Tom. And I remember I used to go to conferences where Brother Stone King was praying. Brother Stone King was preaching. And you know what I was saying in my mind? Ooh, it's almost like a race. I'm sitting and I'm worshiping God and stonking preaching. But in the back of my mind, you know what I'm talking about. Nicola know what I'm talking about. In the back of my mind at, at, at CLC, I'm like, I got to get down to the front real quick. As soon as, as soon as he start making altar call and we start moving, I got to get it. Why? I want stonking to lay his hands on me. You remember that? Y'all don't understand. This man is anointed. He a man of God. And he's preaching the gospel and I'm hearing him and I'm saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm still sitting on the edge of my seat because at the edge of my seat, I'm saying as soon as all the calls start, I know it's going to get crowded and he won't be able to touch me. I wanted him to touch me because I believe he's a man of God. And I believe if he touched me, something would happen. And I couldn't wait for Brother Stone King to say, come on down. We want you to come so God can minister in your life. And as soon as I could, I got down and Brother Stone King touched me. I was so excited. Brother Stone King touched me. A man of God touched me. A man of God was praying the prayers of faith in my life. I went there with a purpose. I didn't go there because I just, you know, this is the thing to do, even though it was the thing to do. But I didn't just go for that. I went because I had a purpose. I want to be prayed for. I believe God want to do something in my life. And so I was there just sitting on the edge of my seat saying, God, I know you want to do something in my life. As soon as I get a chance for your servant to touch me and pray, I know something will change in my life. What happened to those days? I told him this morning, I remember when people heard the gospel preached one week. You know what they did the next week? They came back with a bag. You know what was in the bag? Baptism clothes. Yep. They heard the gospel so strongly, they said, I'm going back next week because I'm going to get baptized. And they packed their bags. That's back in the day because, you know, nowadays we got robes and all that stuff. But back in them days, they was like, I'm bringing my bag. And so the bag was under the pew while the preacher preaching. While the preacher preaching, they leg moving because all they want and ready for is they're waiting for the end of the service so they can go get baptized. We had intentions. We had purpose. When we went to church a long time ago, we showed up with a purpose. Now we show up just to take you in the scenes, just to see who's around. Mark Twain said this, the two most important days in your life are the day you are born and the day you find out why. 
the day you were born and the day you find out why is the two most important days in your life. And as I said this morning, all of you know the most important day in your life was the day you were born. But so many of us are walking around not understanding why. So the, the second most important question in your life, you have not answered it yet. And you're, you don't seem like you pursuing Jesus so you can finally answer that question. Why was I born, Lord? Because he knows. He told Jeremiah, I knew you before you was formed in your mother's womb. So he know why you came into this world. He was responsible for you coming in this world. So he know why you were born. But do you know why? And sitting back saying, Lord, you know why you created me. Why won't you tell me? That's not faith. Again, it's not faith. So you want an answer without faith. Uh-huh. You want him to do something without faith. Jesus can tell you why you were born. Pursue him. And when he tells you, pursue it. Pursue Jesus. He will tell you why you were born. And when he tells you why you were born, then pursue that. You will possess what you pursue. Listen to me. Ethan, you'll appreciate this. We need to become obsessed with a three-letter word. You know what that three-letter word is? Why? God gave us a generation. That's called the why generation. If we look at what God is doing and how he's moving, we'll pick up on some things. But we're not paying attention because we're so locked into our own stuff. But he gave us a generation because in this day and age, he wants us to understand the whys. Why were you born? Why are you here? Oh, somebody. Why did Jesus create you? Why did Jesus give his life? Why did he become a man and walk this earth? Why? We need to become obsessed with the whys. Don't be afraid to ask the Lord Jesus why. If you were here Thursday or you tuned in Thursday, you will see I'm teaching the series on uh, questions Christians ask. And we talked about should Christian ask questions to God. And we covered that topic real good last Thursday. This Thursday we'll cover some more of those things. Uh-huh. We need to know why. Uh-huh. What does pursue mean? Pursue means to run after Almost like with hostile intent. Now, we know we're not hostile towards God. We're not hostile toward the kingdom. But our actions need to kind of demonstrate hostility for everything that will get into our way. Because we're trying to go after him, pursue him, chase him, follow him, hunt him. That's what pursue means. We're pursuing Jesus like we are entitled to what he has to offer us. I don't even know if that's the right statement. Because if, if you're acting like you're entitled, you ain't pursuing nothing. But just for conversation's sake, we're pursuing Jesus like we're entitled to what he has to give us. Uh-huh. When you belong, I'm almost done. When you belong to a royal family. You don't trouble yourself or pursue anything 
because you know you have a seat at the royal table because you're entitled to it. When you're born in a royal family, you don't have to pursue anything because just by your status of being in that royal family, you're entitled to all that comes with being royalty. But the man who is not of a royal family says, boy, I sure would like a seat at that table. I sure would like a seat at that royal table. That's what he says when he look at the royal family. And to get a seat at that table, you may never get it. But if you plan on getting it, you're going to have to become desperate. You're going to have to do desperate things. You're going to have to do whatever it takes in hope of getting a seat at the royal table. Because you're not entitled to it. We're treating the kingdom of God like we're entitled to whatever God has for us. We're sitting back saying, I'm not worried about it. I got a seat at the table. Really? Really? Because until you get involved with being born again and you start pursuing his purpose for your life, I don't think you got a seat at the table. Uh-huh. We must pursue Jesus and his kingdom like we have no right to have a seat at that table. We must pursue Jesus Christ and his kingdom like we don't have a right to sit at his table. But we pursue him like we have a right to sit at his table. Uh-huh. We live like we're entitled to whatever he has for us. Uh-huh. We must pursue with all the challenges and trials. It's only by pursuing will we get a seat. At the table of Jesus Christ. You don't get a seat. I know sometimes we hear preaching that make us believe. Oh, he loves us so much that he's just going to give you a seat at the table no matter what. You got to become a part of the family. And in order to become a part of the family, you got to pursue becoming a part of the family. Which means you got to pursue that born again experience. You got to pursue righteousness. You got to pursue holiness. You got to pursue faith to get a seat at his table. Mhm. Mhm. We must pursue Jesus with much intensity and relentlessness because there are so many adversaries to oppose us. If we let up or lay back, we will be overtaken by our adversaries. You don't realize that this the environment and the devil is trying to stop you from being who God called you to be. It's trying to stop you from your purpose in this life. You don't realize this adversaries uh, and your adversary wants you to sit back and lay back and be content uh, and never pursue your purpose. Uh, your adversary wants you to just chill and stay right where you are and do nothing and you don't realize it. You think that you laying back is just because you just want to chill and it's just not your style. But you don't realize there's adversaries that's trying to stop you. I'm closing. Philippians 2 and 12. Wherefore my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. 
Here's the key word in that phrase. What it says? Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. All of that stuff that I just read, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, that's a whole lot of work. Work is something you do. Fear causes you to move, tremble. So you need to work out your salvation, not with fear to be frightened, but with reverence. Work at your own salvation with reverence and being in awe of the Lord. Work out your own salvation. We want to chill out our own salvation, content out our own salvation, lay back out our own salvation. We don't want to work out our salvation. We just want to chill out our salvation. And then we get mad at God. And then we don't want to go to church. And we think it's God's fault. And we think God did wrong. And God ain't hearing us. All we need to do is respond to God in faith. And he will do what he said he will do. Let's stand. Work out your own salvation. We will possess what we pursue. We cannot possess what we're not willing to pursue. We cannot possess what we are not willing to pursue. So we want to pursue things, or let me say it this way, we want to possess things, but we're not willing to pursue things. We do this and get so jealous of one another. This is why jealousy exists a lot. Because one person might decide, I'm going to pursue this. And they put the time in and they put the work in and the effort in to pursue something. And you sat back and never pursued it. And now all of a sudden, you're looking at them like, what did they do to get that? You really, you, you quick to think that they did something illegal or ungodly or wrong to get what they got because they put the work in. They put the effort in to get what they got. And you just sit there or sat there and chilled and all you're doing is talk bad about them. You cannot possess what you're not willing to pursue. And if you are not willing to pursue Jesus, if you're not willing to pursue the kingdom of God, if you're not willing to pursue righteousness, if you're not willing to pursue salvation, if you're not willing to pursue the Holy Ghost, if you're not willing to pursue the things that God wants you to do, if you're not willing to pursue your purpose and the will of God, you will never possess it. And you're going to be like the people that was at the ark's door being desperate when it was too late. I don't want to be desperate when it's too late. Listen to me, somebody. I know this is challenging preaching. Don't let the challenge of this word cause you to fold up. Your life is valuable. God has great purpose for you. Don't let the word challenge you so hard that you walk out of here, just give it up. No, God wants you to pursue your purpose in him. God wants you to pursue your will, his will for your life. Don't give up. Don't give up. It's not hard. It becomes easy once you get into the flow. <laughs> it becomes easy when you get into the flow. But you got to get into the flow. That's the hard part. It's getting into the flow. As you pursue him, you, it's challenging. But pursue him. 1 Samuel 30, we'll read it one more time as we close. 30 and 8, 
the Bible says, and David inquired at the Lord, saying, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them. And without fail, can you imagine the Lord saying that to you? And without fail, recover all. Church, when I read that, I've been challenged. When I pray, am I really praying? Am I really praying? Why are you saying that, preacher? Because when you pray, you get an answer. And when you get an answer, now it's time to pursue. And I don't know how much we're living that way. I don't know how much we are praying and waiting for an answer. And when we get the answer, then we pursue. And David is showing us something here. That when they took his wives and his family and burned his city. And, and, and the men that were with him, they took their family as well. And the city was burnt. David inquired of the Lord. He prayed. That's what it means. David prayed. As much as he was upset, as much as he wanted to go destroy, he didn't just go, he prayed. As much as he had every right to pursue them. You took my family. I'm coming after you. Ooh, a lot of lessons there. My little brother always talked to me. You know, he liked to come up with these crazy thoughts. So you telling me as a Christian, if somebody did this to your son or if somebody did this to your family, you going to do it this way? I said, yes, Gary, I would do it that way. You, please, I just got to. David had every right to be out of his mind. But he still wouldn't pray. <laughs> he had every right to act a fool, but he still wouldn't pray. And when he prayed, the Lord gave him instructions. Go. Pursue, and without fail, you will recover all. Not one life will be lost. Not one person will not come back. You will recover all that they had taken from you. That's what the Lord said to David. Now, David got done praying. The Lord told him, and David just sat at the house and chilled. David just sat up on his horse and chilled and said, Okay, Lord, now that you say that, I'm sure they'll just start bringing my children back and bringing my wives back and fixing up our city. I don't have to go nowhere. No, that's not how it went. When he prayed, the Lord gave him instructions. And now it was time to go. As y'all like to say, now it was go time. If we have faith, it will cause us to pray. And when we pray and we stop and listen for the Lord to instruct us, then we will pursue. So the question is, how are we doing it? How have we been doing it? And will we make that change today? To pursue the will and the purpose of God, we have to pray. And God will respond to us. But when God responds, what's your action? I need to be looking out at some people. I need to be seeing some people since the idea. And, and, and I, just, I just need, you need to be telling me. Some of you need to be telling me in this church, uh, Pastor, I'm doing blah, 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 because the Lord, I prayed, and he just instructed me to do blah, 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 blah. And I'm so confident the Lord's not going to tell you to do something that's contrary to the vision of this church. I'm not worried about it. If you really prayed God tell you something, I'm going to just stand just so proud like, look at them. They prayed, the Lord instructed them, and they're doing great things for the Lord. Because the Lord will give us instructions and those instructions need to be pursued. You will possess what you pursue. 
And so the thing about this is, you got to ask yourself this morning, what are you pursuing? And if you're not pursuing the will and purpose of God for your life, then you need to pray. And you need to let God speak to you about what he wants you to pursue, and you need to pursue it. It is God's will that all of us be victorious and that we spend eternity with him. We can't be playing games anymore. We can't wait till it's too late. We have to get on this thing right now. We don't know how much time we have for the return of the Lord. We got to get on this thing right now, church. And remember what I say. Faith don't make you think about being embarrassed. Faith don't make you think about somebody's watching you. What would it look like? Faith make you push people out the way. Faith make you say, hallelujah. And people say, what was that? And you're not even thinking twice. You were just praising your God. Faith make you lay prostrate. Faith make you just walk around like a crazy person just clapping. Faith make you smiling all. He's just worshiping the Lord. Faith make you do some things that most people are going to look at and think you weird. They're weird. Because they don't have no faith or they are not responding in their faith. How about we take a few minutes to talk to the Lord and, and, and wait for the Lord to talk to us. And as we leave here today, as we end this service today, you need to continue to pursue Jesus until he reveals to you his will and purpose for your life. And then you can pursue it. It is what God's will for your life is for you to pursue him so he can reveal to you his will and his purpose for your life. And you never stop after that because this pursuit thing is a, it's a lifetime thing. The only time we stop pursuing is when we get to heaven. And even then we will pursue and just loving him and worshiping him. We need to pursue our purpose and his will for our life. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for speaking to our hearts today. I thank you for speaking to our mind today. I pray, O oh God, that the power from on high will move upon every one of us. Uh, my God, we want you, Lord Jesus, to move upon your people. We want you to move upon your people. We want you to move upon your people. We want you to move upon your people, Lord God. We want you to move upon your people, Lord. Uh, I pray today in the name of Jesus. Just stand right there in the name of Jesus. Touch your child, Lord God. He says he want to pursue you, Lord God. Lord, he understands that, Lord, there are times that he has not obeyed. He understands there are times, Almighty God, when he didn't follow after you. He didn't pursue you. But, Lord, he's making a declaration today. He has stepped forward to say he want to do what's right, Lord. He want to pursue you. He want to experience, oh God, his purpose and your will for his life. Will you touch him today, Lord God? I pray for miraculous healing to come upon him and flow in his body, Lord God. I pray that you touch his mind and give him a sound mind. I pray that the Spirit of the Lord will overshadow him and that the power from on high will work in his life. Huh. I pray a sound mind. I pray, Lord God, that you will stabilize him. I pray, Almighty God, that you will instruct him. Allow him to hear the clear voice of God. Huh. Oh, my God, Brother Chuby, the Lord wants you to yield yourself to him that he may speak to you, that you will hear a clear voice, his voice, and you will know what to pursue. He says, when you pursue his will, when you pursue his purpose, you will have the strength, you will have what you need to pursue him, for he will never ask you to do something you're not able and capable of doing. And so today, I tell you, listen for the voice of God, that he will instruct you 
to pursue his will and his purpose. Father, have your way today in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord God, for somebody, oh God, that will trust you today, that will surrender themselves today, Lord God, that will yield themselves today, Almighty God, that you will instruct them, Lord Jesus, and by faith they will pursue the will and the purpose of God. They will pursue the kingdom like they've never pursued. They will pursue righteousness like they've never pursued it. They will pursue holiness like they've never pursued it. I pray today in the name of Jesus that somebody will yield themselves and make up in their mind to say, God, I don't care what people may see or what they may think. I will pursue you. I will pursue your purpose. I will pursue your will. Lord, have your way in my life. Lord, do what you want to do. I don't want to ever be the same again. I want to be desperate. I want to be like those back in the day that when they heard the preaching of the word of God they pressed through the press to hear the word of God I want to be like those that when they realized they needed to be healed they did whatever it took to get into the presence where healing was Lord, I pray that somebody's life will be challenged today, never ever to be the same. Those, oh God, that have been a part of the service through live stream, will you move on them today? Will you move on them today? Will you move on them today? That they will never be the same. That they will never be the same. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody lift your hands to the heavens and pursue Jesus. Somebody lift your heart to the Lord and pursue Him today. He has something for you. He has something for you. He has something for you. Pursue Him. Don't let up. Don't let up. Pursue Him. Your adversary, your enemy is trying to prevent you from pursuing. But I'm here to tell you today, pursue the Lord. Get into the flow and let Him have His way. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Have your way, Jesus. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way. Oh, glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy, your kindness, and your love. Hallelujah. One more time. Can we just give the Lord a round of applause this morning? Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you. We worship you, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, for the man of God this afternoon, Lord God. Oh, God, I pray, Lord God, and ask you, Lord God, that you will help us, Lord God, to possess what we pursue, Lord God. Oh, God, help us to have a declaration this afternoon, Lord God. Oh, God, to continue to look to you, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for tuning with us this afternoon. We pray that God will bless you all. We're going to dismiss in a few seconds. But if there's someone out there who's ready to give their life to the Lord and want to get baptized in His name, and you're not sure if this is the right time, if you pursue to get baptized in Jesus' name, or if you 
your will this morning is you propose pursue you will get baptized this morning it can be done but you're gonna have to make up in your mind that this is what you want to do the bible said god will give us the desires of our heart amen so i pray that someone watching us via internet this morning or if there's someone in the house of god this morning or this afternoon rather that's ready to give your life to the lord don't make tomorrow tomorrow is not promised to us with the, the, the time that we're living in tomorrow is not promised to us now is the acceptable time of our lord amen let's just bow your head with us this afternoon father god we thank you lord god for the man of god this afternoon lord we ask you, Lord God, that you will continue to bless him, Lord God. Continue to strengthen him, Lord God. Continue to use him in this hour, Lord God. We ask your blessing upon every family that is in this place this afternoon, Lord God. Those that are not here, those that are, watch, those that are watching us via the internet, Lord God, that you will continue to bless them and sustain them and keep them, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, that you will protect us, Lord God, in this time that we're living in. Oh God, that we'll continue to look to you, Lord God. And that we'll continue to give you our all, Lord God, because you're worthy to be praised. We ask you, Lord God, that you will dismiss us from this place, but never from your presence, Lord God. We ask your will to be done. We ask your kingdom come. Give us direction and wisdom, O oh God, as we give you all the glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. The Lord bless you. We love you. We thank you. May the Lord be with you. May the Lord let his light shine upon you and keep you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.